0: Hi, and welcome to Baker Hill's Lending Made Easy with the man, the myth, the legend, David Catalano, and of course, the ever-affable Brian Peckinpah. Today in our episode, we're going to be talking about collateral, um, and really, collateral or collateral damage. I have a funny story to start this one off. My brother came home to help my husband work on our basement bar, and in the process, he brought. With him, his old baseball, basketball card collection, and between my brother and my husband, I felt like I lost them for hours in their like boyhood youth, talking about like the value of their different cards. They found a Kobe Bryant that they think is worth a lot of money, about five thousand dollars according to eBay. And one of the things that they they got talking about, is baseball card um, trading, is it still a thing? And I I would say you don't see a lot of baseball card trading in raw form, but there is a growing uh, group of uh, people using NFT baseball cards to collect different uh, baseball cards and different sports memorabilia digitally. So then the question kind of um, piqued my interest. We I Googled a little bit about NFT baseball card valuation, and there was a whole kind of article around baseball cards being potentially used as collateral in a digital format in tomorrow's banking space. So Brian, David, fun topic. Thoughts on baseball cards as the new collateral.
1: Well first things first, I think we need to schedule when we're doing a podcast from Ashley's bar. That sounds like a great live location. Yeah. You know, I collected all kinds of trading cards as a kid too, and I got them in some of the the latter stages of you know the last big boom in cards. For a long time, they weren't worth the paper they were printed on. Now maybe they're back. I can see the same thing happening in, in NFT. I mean, David, I, have you bought one yet? No, I have yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> and nor have I. And I don't have any plans to, at least in the near future. I'm still not entirely sure you know, what it is we're getting out of it. I think there's a lot of evolution that's necessary in this world to make them a real viable asset, if you will, something that's not just completely speculative In nature, because at the end of the day, I'm not actually buying the image or buying the video. Those don't live on the blockchain like the NFT itself does. You're buying the link, right? And anybody can have access to that exact same digital file, which makes it a little bit unique as you compare it to art or baseball cards or the things in the physical world where I can never get an exact replica, an exact copy. If I have a Van Gogh painting, there's only one Van Gogh painting. It doesn't matter if you have the world's best artist replicate it with paints made to match paints that were available in Van Gogh's time. There's only one Van Gogh. I'm buying that uniqueness. I can't create an exact copy. Whereas some of these NFT images that have gone for millions of dollars, I didn't actually buy it. I bought the link to it. I bought proof that, yes, I'm the one that paid for it. But anybody that wants to has access to that. Was it the I think it was the second most expensive NFT was from people, I think, that sold for 30, 60 million dollars or something crazy. You can go on Wikipedia and see it. (laughs) What are you paying for?
2: Well, you must admit the original Van Goghs are worth more than the printed ones. Correct. So if I take it, they're not exactly the same. And I hang it on a wall. That's my original Van Gogh, all $36 million of it. So I I really think from a collateral perspective, an NFT is going to be probably not unlike other collateral, meaning it has a cash flow and a value to it versus just a market that the last purchase price of the asset was $30 million. Does that mean there's another buyer there? How deep is that market? because from a collateral perspective, how quickly can I turn it to get my money back and wipe out this debt? You know, ran into an interesting use case for an NFT. So there's the world's greatest blues guitar player, Joe Bonamassa, matter of fact, I just saw him on concert on Saturday. He actually recorded a song, created an NFT of that, and the NFT contains the master recording of the song and the publishing rights. I can buy that NFT and I become a publisher of that song. So if you want to play that song, if you want to use that song in your commercial, You've got to pay me for that. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty cool use of an NFT. And that would have a cash flow stream and potentially an intangible value that someone would pay for. Lending around this is a little strange because typically you're going to be a high net worth person buying an NFT. Therefore, why would you need a loan or why would you want to lever that? But if you were going to lever that, you'd have to go to a specialty lender. They'd have to assign some loan to value to that. And if it did have a cash flow, like you remember Michael Jackson purchased all the rights to the Beatles. Music library. Great that purchase. has cat, Yeah and that has Best cash purchase flow. ever.
0: Let's just say it right now. <laughs> that Very has, smart man.
2: <laughs> that has a cash flow attached to it, and you can do a loan to value against that cash flow. Yeah. Um, but you know, a little different than the picture of an ape or exactly. you know, an artist rendering that I can get online. So I'm still unsure as to how I would use the ape as the mm-hmm. collateral, unless I was just getting the per personal guarantee of the ape owner which would be a high net worth individual, because typically those are relegated to rich people. And you got to wonder why, because I think the article I saw, there was a borrower that he got a, like a 5% interest rate over six months. Why would he want to borrow at such a high rate for such a short period of time? What's going on there? It's kind of a unique scenario.
1: So a couple of things that popped to my mind, David, based on when some of the things you said, one, you, know, you mentioned, you that need to be able to resell. And what I saw some analysis, only about 29, 30%, so not a very big number yet, of all NFTs sold that have been resold have made money. So very few of them are being resold, and even when they are, they're not for a profit. So we, don't, we aren't seeing any return on some of these investments. Your example of using the NFT to represent something tangible, like publishing rights, the that i can see we're just not there yet so much of this is still focused on i'm buying a video and all i'm getting is the video or i'm buying the the art and all i'm getting is the art i'm not getting the publishing rights or anything associated with it as that expands i as an example could see it expanding into titles for a house for a car as an example where the nft represents the ownership of the physical asset You start expanding and going down that path, it becomes really interesting very quickly, but there's a lot to navigate in that ecosystem. You also talked about that high net worth, and that's probably the scariest thing to me, is you look at the world of cryptocurrency that we've already talked about, which is how a lot of these things are being purchased. A lot of that cryptocurrency is still used for illicit purposes. And you look at what are my challenges when I have a lot of, potentially ill-gotten gains in cryptocurrency or even legitimate gains in cryptocurrency, you still run into that challenge of turning it into cash. How do I turn it into actual dollars? And I think we're going to see a lot of potential fraud, potential money laundering come out of this as well if traditional banks choose to accept it as collateral. Because I can use that cryptocurrency to purchase any number of these NFTs still in that kind of anonymity and then turn that into an asset as collateral to get hard cash from a financial institution. So let's let's say I've got $100 million in ill-gotten cryptocurrency that I use to borrow $10 million in actual cash from a financial institution what do I care if I ever get that $100 million back? And my goal was to get to the cash asset at the end of the day. And this gives a, a new avenue to doing that should uh, these be accepted as collateral towards a traditional loan. Now, what I've what I've seen so far is this is all sticking in the crypto world. I have not seen a whole lot of examples, or any for that matter, of somebody taking an NFT and turning it into cash. I see it as turning it into more crypto I think I even saw the same one you saw David of that they got crypto for six months at five percent interest because they wanted to invest in more crypto things they they more crypto speculation that is what I saw and what I was reading but it's that turn into actual cash involvement of actual traditional financial institutions
2: that that I see is maybe a bridge too far right now yeah so levering your crypto investments well yeah, I guess that's definitely possible, but crypto cryptocurrencies are just really extremely volatile. Mm-hmm. And then lending on a short-term basis so that someone can buy crypto, it's, it's kind of like a margin account at a brokerage shop. So, so
0: to, to wrap up all the fun we're having here, guys, I'll just say this. I think my husband needs to sell that LeBron James card immediately while it has a lot of value in the market and maybe take me on vacation. What do you think?
2: That sounds like a good idea to me. (laughs) I think if you can make it an NFT first, then you'll get more money for it.
0: (laughs) All right. Thanks for having fun with us. A great topic. And we'll see you next time on Baker Hill's Lending Made Easy.